It's amazing. It's amazing. And um, we need to also, we're worshipers first, but we're, we're in the business of life changing. Amen. Right? We're worshipers first, but we're in the business of God's hand touching people's lives and creating a platform for that to happen. And that's why we come to church to worship. The Bible actually says in Hebrews 10, verse 24, to inspire good works and love in others and that we shouldn't forget, forsake the, uh, the assembling of ourselves together. It's because can you imagine what happens when people of faith come together? God shows up. He does. Now listen, he can show up in your car and he can show up in your prayer closet at home, 100%. But it's something about the church coming together and it's something about our kids seeing us lifting our hands and worshiping and surrendering to God. There's, there's nothing like that touch from God. Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Um, I'm in the New King James Version and it says this says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. All grace abound toward you. That you, having always having all sufficiency in all things, have everything you need. You're sufficient, right? In all things, may have an abundance for every good work. So uh, God points grace towards us. We have sufficiency in all things so that we have enough to give. Right, We're in our last of the four weeks of our generosity series. The first week, of course, was about living out generously to the words uh, that Paul encouraged us with in 2 Corinthians 8, 7. And he said, to excel in the gracious act of giving. That's what we've been focusing on for these last four weeks. And this is the last week that we're talking about it. We spoke about the difference between greed, generosity. We heard from Brother Showalter about learning, leaning into giving all of ourselves to God. And, and through that, we will see the effects of being generous like God intended and its effects around us. In our second week, we talked about the topic that, that God owns everything, right? And that we're given the opportunity to be managers or stewards of what God has given us, Right? That it's a tool for us to wield, not for something for us to consume. It's not for our own consumption. And then last week, Bishop Tamil talked about the managing our generosity by putting first things first. In other words, we give to God and then we give to everything else. God comes first. This week, I'm saying that generosity is the key to deliverance. Generosity is is the key to deliverance, whether in your own life or in the lives of those around you. Amen. Let's pray. Precious Father, we thank you for your goodness. I pray for your goodness. I pray for your goodness. I pray that you touch us, that you overflow us with your goodness. Lord God, we sing about your goodness because it is all there and it is all true. I pray, God, that you speak to us. Help us to be a part of the deliverance process in our own lives or in those that are around us. We thank you. We honor you. We love you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Go ahead and have a seat. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You know, we just had Thanksgiving. And uh, just a wonderful time. I know in our family we had a wonderful time. Met with up with our cousins and aunts and uncles and and just had a great time, played games, and ate food and everything. And uh, But there's something about being grateful to God. 
right? There's something about being in the presence of God. There's something about um, remembering what God has done in your life. I remember a time that I was up in Canada and um, our family was and Braden was a little boy, um, a newborn, a toddler, I think, at that point. And um, we were, we were, um, we were enjoying that time. My grandparents actually had a, uh, they had a, an island that they had in Canada, and uh, so we went there, and we're enjoying it. And I remember one time that uh, I'd gotten up early in the morning, and um, I had gone out onto the lake, um, or the surrounding, yeah, the lake. And I remember going out there, and I had a Walkman. Some of you have no idea what a Walkman is. By the way, it was anti-skip. Five-second anti-skip. I know. It was the big one. I know. I know. And uh, some of you have no clue, all right? Um, and so, basically, you put this disc that has music imprinted on it inside a contraption, and then you press play, and then you have to actually skip to... Never mind. Okay. Um, so, I remember going out, and there was a CD that I was listening to, and uh, it was a CD of Forefront... Um, productions and uh, one of the songs that they had was God and the original producer or singer was Rebecca St. James and uh, someone else was singing it and anyway I remember putting it in and I'm I'm out on this lake and it's just magnificent magnificent it is uh, calm peaceful the 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 lake is like glass, and as I'm, I'm looking out at the surroundings uh, in Canada, it's just the, the air seemed fresh, and, and I remember listening to this music, and, and I'm here just in, engrossed in the presence of God. Have you ever had those moments where you just kind of, you're in the presence of God, you're, you're there for a reason, and then all of a sudden you begin to start thinking about what God has done, and you're sitting out in the middle of a lake one place in a canoe, and you're singing at the top of your lungs, probably waking everybody else up, and you're crying and weeping about what God has done. There's something about being grateful for what God does and acknowledging him. See, what I'm saying is that we serve a very generous God. Uh, I remember also in that same trip that while we were there, um, we decided that we were going to go fishing. And, and I want you to know that when you are fishing, um, there's a couple things. I, I want you to know first off and foremost that I am not a fisherman. Um, in fact, if you fish and you invite me to come, I don't know if I'm coming, honestly. <laughs> All right, because I guess you have to get up early. <laughs> um, I guess there's other things. You have to, you know, touch worms and bait, and then you have to throw it back in if it's not big enough. I mean, it's just, there's a whole thing to it. Anyway, so, in fact, being up there in Canada, I was told that fish literally jump into your boats because that's how plentiful Canada is. And so I was excited about that. And so me and my wife and uh, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law, we decided that we were going to go um, fishing, you know. Now, listen, I want you to know we did it a little a little differently. And, and how we uh, did uh, it is, is that we decided to sleep in rather than go out with the early crowd. We decided to go out about 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, 
you won't believe this, but we didn't catch anything. I mean, for a while, right? It, it, was, it was a hard thing. And, and, and I'm like, hey, listen, the brochure for Canada is wrong. They're telling me that I can get catch all these super fish and everything. It's not happening. And so, but I want you to know we serve a generous God. Amen. I feel like I need to preach about that. Amen. Amen. So I remember one time I was out and uh, we were out and and we'd been out for a while and and we had not caught anything. And again, it's probably now. 11.30, 12 o'clock, and, and uh, we're having our little sandwiches and everything and enjoying life. And, and I guess something else that, that doesn't go well with me when you're fish, I guess you're supposed to be quiet. Well, we decided that's not something we're going to do either. So we're just having a, a joy of a time. You know, we're laughing, we're, we're splashing things. I mean, you know, and we're just having a bunch of fun. And all of a sudden, I don't remember who, but somebody catches something. Right? I'm like, my goodness, God is so good. He is so good that we actually caught something. It's probably a snag. But as we're pulling it in, we reel in. This is amazing. We reel in probably 10 to 12 fish on one line. I know. Amazing. Bella, you won't believe it. But I'm serious. I'm in church. I don't lie. Right? We're sitting there, and, and we're pulling it in, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. God is so good. And we started to do a happy dance as much as you can from sitting in the boat and everything. And it was just amazing. Well, what, what had ended up happening is that we had caught uh, my uncle and my mom's. Uh, they were all out fishing. We had caught their stinger of fish. <laughs> right? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? God is good. And so uh, we actually kind of boated over to them and everything. And, you know, they don't want you to use a motor and everything because it's too loud and everything. We're like, you know, sliding in and everything. <laughs> like, hey, have you guys caught anything? And like, yeah, we've caught a lot. Really? What did you catch? And they're looking and they don't have their, they don't have their fish. And I'm like, oh, that's too bad for you guys. We've gotten some good catching, and we lift up. <laughs> Telling you, we serve a generous God. Amen? Amen? See, all I'm talking about is I'm talking about this generosity. I, I'm talking about generosity speaks. And we've been talking about for the last three weeks, and now this fourth week. And, and this one, what we're talking about is we're talking about unpacking how we adequately display the characteristic of God, right? That, that's what generosity speaks is about. What are, we, what are we displaying? Well, we are displaying the characteristic of God. He is a very generous God. And, and it, it, it could be also that, that we will see generosity as a tool to bring about change in someone else's life. A path towards deliverance, if you will. It could be deliverance from a lack of something, right? Or a need that we can fill or a, a value that's given. Maybe peace during troubled times. Maybe in how we treat each other. I, I was thinking a little bit about our, our workers, our, our volunteers. We have amazing volunteers at this church. We do. 
time, effort, their own resources. Sometimes you can see how amazing someone is, is that in the midst of possibly a negative, they are able to turn it positive. Um, I'm amazed at our children's ministry. I'm amazed at our guest services. I'm amazed at our, our sound and our media and how they just flow with everything. Our, wor- our worship band, my goodness, right? Uh, we just had a conversation. We actually were able to be a part of a conversation with God today, right? A moment. See, it could be something about being on helping someone. That's, that's what serving really is. When we look at the life of Christ, we see Jesus, right? God incarnate. And he was very generous to the point of changing people's lives for the better. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> he came to someone's house and they said that his daughter was dead. And he walked in and said, no, the daughter's not dead. And he walked in and raised the daughter by his hand. That changed someone's life, didn't it? Or healed some lepers resulting in them being able to be a part of the community again without sickness. Now, I want, you, I want you to know how bad it was that if you came down with leprosy, you were immediately isolated and sent away from your family, your friends, your career, your identity. Everything was turned upside down. And when these lepers said to Jesus, hey, can you heal us? He said, yes, go show yourself to the priest. This is the first step that you would take to re-enter in community. Jesus was very generous. And the man who was too sickly to receive healing from the miracle pool. Jesus comes up, hey, do you want to be healed? I would love to. That'd be awesome. Can't wait. But I can never get into the pool when the angel troubles the water. Like I said, do you want to be healed? Well, I'd love to. Like even in his own dilemma, God was able to touch his life. Even when he didn't know what to expect. Or how he brought healing to that sickly woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years and she just touched the hem of his garment and and virtue flowed out of him. I mean, it it just flowed out of him. Brought a man back to life after four days. Gave peace to a demon possessed man, right? This is God. This is, this is Jesus. It's, it's everything around him, it just it, it blossoms because it's him. So many others. John chapter 21, verse 25. This is the last scripture of the book of John. Said this about Jesus. Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. That is the generosity of God. I'm, I'm talking about his DNA. I'm, I'm talking about his characteristic. Our generosity speaks about our God. Not to mention... His purpose to be the sacrifice that we would 
have the, literally the stain of sin to be erased from our lives. The, the one thing that no one other than God can do, and that's forgive sins. Let me pause for a second. I've often been in conversations where people have asked me questions, and I, I want you to consider maybe another path. What if the path was that God from his throne in heaven and his, his, his earth as his footstool, what if he just said, you are forgiven? There was no cross. There was no, no sacrifice. He was just, he was forgiven. Have you ever thought about that? Have you, have you ever thought about, why, why didn't God just do that? Why didn't, why didn't he just, gone? Well, I think I think we can think through maybe the ramifications of that. Would we actually understand the gift of grace? Maybe not. Would we see us begin to hate sin? Maybe some of us. What about the other side? What, what if God said, you know what? We're just not even going to do that. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Hopefully your good outweighs your bad. What if we just live that way? Just your good outweighs your bad. Let's just do that. And then, and then there'll be this great celebration at the end if your good outweighs your bad. What do you think the ramifications of that would be? Well, let me put it this way. I remember there was a time I was driving my car and I was backing out. And I was at a pizza hut and I was backing out and I slammed into a pole. Now, one, I don't understand why that pole would try and jump in front of me. <laughs> but I slammed to the pole and I was jolted and I was surprised by what had happened. Has anybody ever made a mistake in your life that adversely affected the rest of your life? I'm sorry. Right? Maybe a, a word that you said or maybe contracted some, some disease from swimming in the lake or whatever, whatever it is, you, you, something happened that did. I want you to know there'd be no grace for that person. That would be a ramification of if you're good would outweigh your bad. Or there'd be such a debt of bad that so many people would be lost. So, God had a plan. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That, that word is actually the Greek word logos. Logos means a plan, an intention. And that plan was made flesh, Verse 14, and dwelt among us when we beheld his glory, the only, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That plan was that found for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And God sent that Son into the world, or that plan into the world, the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. This is an amazing story, the gospel. I'm telling you, we serve a generous God. 
And we have this opportunity to show our appreciation or the thankfulness for his, for his generosity towards us by, by how we are generous with those that we come in contact with. How fitting that we just celebrated Thanksgiving, right? Gratefulness of a new country and, and new friends to build a new life in the Americas. And of course, the Harvest Feast of 1624, right? It is our out of our thankful heart, our generosity will continue to expand. And our gratefulness grows, so should our generosity as our gratefulness grows. Our generosity is the output of this thankfulness. Be ye thankful, he said. In all things, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. So today as we reflect the character of God, reflect as in, as in show the character of God, my challenge is that we keep deliverance in mind when we gift others. Or at least a part of the path, right? It might simply be the $20 for them to go get a meal. A homeless person to go get a meal and, and maybe some a stocking hat or some gloves. It might be a part of the path of deliverance. Maybe enough for that meal. Maybe an act of kindness or, or forgiveness when you've been wrong. Something that leads to a deeper level of peace or a moment of joy by your gifts. Your extensions. I'm going to show you a video. Life can be unkind. A moment of defeat, a whisper in the hallway, one look of judgment can send you spiraling. It is easy to get lost in the noise, to find yourself in a crowded room feeling totally alone. But we often forget that living in a selfish world doesn't mean we have to live like it. What if we rewrote the story? What if we chose to respond with empathy and compassion what if we chose to give to a world that doesn't deserve it? What would happen then? Like a stone hitting water, you would start a ripple effect of change, inspiring a wave of generosity that could transform not only the hallways of our school, but the wounds of a broken world. You could be the difference.
Living generously does not require you to be a grown-up or to have a full piggy bank. It only requires a willing heart that moves into action. And when we answer that call, when we listen to that little nudge in our heart to take the step, to offer our time, to give what we have, it does something in us too. When we give, something bubbles up in us that we could never muster on our own. Generosity plants a seed of joy that cannot be ignored. Each day presents countless opportunities to think beyond yourself. Let's not miss them. Let's shock the world with our giving. You have the power to start a ripple effect of kindness that can change the world. So, in a world where you can be anything, choose to be generous. It only takes one moment to inspire a lifetime of impact. Like the sharing of a pink pencil to a panicked fourth grader. All right, class, let's stand up. Let me hear the seven ways of living generously. Ready? right? Every little bit. My brother was telling me a story. Um, he was the youth president of um, the LJC organization, and um, he was on his way from the meeting place for all the ministers and everything, and then they were going to go up. It's a conference, and they were going to go up onto the platform. And as he's walking up onto the platform, somebody reached out a hand. They wanted to shake shake his hand, and so he shook their hand, and, and when he walked away, his hands were covered with that, that lotion. It's not the lotion kind is the cream one do you know what i'm talking about that that kind of no matter how much you do it, it it's still there and it's still and he said he said it was so interesting is that i'm using my handkerchief to kind of clean it off and and it's getting on the microphone and everything as you walk it up generosity just bleeds all over the place it should in a christian's life generosity should just bleed all over the place it should be in every aspect, every output of our life. And this is what this is what Paul's talking about. So we started with, with 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. And this is the start of the conversation about uh, to excelling in gracious giving, right? But in the next in the next chapter, in chapter 9, he begins talking about the cheerful giver, right? He he begins sharing what it means to be a cheerful giver. And what's happening is, is Jerusalem, uh, the church of Jerusalem is needing some, some kind of funds and everything. Paul's following up. He's saying, hey, listen, you said that you guys were going to give, and I just want to encourage you that you do it out of a good heart, and you don't do it because you feel like you have to or you're guilty to do it, but this is something that, that you want to do, and I want you to do it in a good way. I want it to look good on you, right? And so, 
here we find ourselves that that God is is providing this opportunity to share a little bit about his 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 characteristic. Now remember that in our opening that opening scripture at the very beginning in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 7 it said to excel in the gracious act of giving. But I want you to know that it's interesting that the word to excel is the same Greek word used in God's invitation for us to abound in In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it said this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we are on this, we're, our, our generosity is tied to giving others hope that deliverance is attainable for them. That they, that they can have it. There is hope still there, just like every touch that we have from God. It reminds us that there's hope. God's touch on this earth gives us hope that we can gain deliverance through God, deliverance from evil, sin, hopelessness. So here we find, as a, as a backdrop, here is Paul then beginning to discuss this. Now, if you skip up to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 5 through 8. It says, therefore, I thought it was necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you have previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not of grudging obligation. But this I say, he lays down a principle here. A principle from God, by the way. Right? As Jesus is preaching. And he says, he who sows sparingly, he who gives a little, will reap a little. And he who sows bountifully, who gives a lot, will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart and not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So there's our challenge, right? As being generous. And then he says this in verse 8, and this is where, where, we, where we find the meat. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now this is amazing to me. This is amazing because we're not living in a world where God's like, all right, go little people and do whatever you want. That's not the world we're living in. It, we're living in a world where God is attentive to his children. And he's looking in on our concerns and on our places and what we're doing in our life. And here's what he does. He's kind of pointing and directing things of grace towards you. In fact, so much that he explains it, that you will have sufficiency in all things. All your needs will be taken care of. Taken care of. Now listen, it may not be the Lamborghini. Might not. Because I can probably get from point A to point B in a Yugo as well. But I've always made the, the case that I can get there faster in a Lamborghini. So he says, all sufficiency in all things. And that is for the reason that may you have an abundance for every good work. 
sometimes what we do is we run into this problem where we take all the grace that God has given to us and we spend it on ourselves. And then we say, God, I'm sorry, I don't have enough to give others. We're not being in obedience with his word. He, he goes in, the commentary wrote of this and said, all things in this life, even rewards, are to be faithful seeds in order to future harvest. Think of it that way, that my generosity output is a seed. It's something that's going to grow. It's something that's going to expand. The commentary went on to say, and God is able. Do not suppose that by giving liberally you will be impoverished or reduced in want. You should rather confide in God who is able to furnish you abundantly with what is needful for the supply of our necessities. And watch this scripture. This scripture is in the Old Testament, and this is what this principle is built on. Watch. Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. He says this. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Hmm. Interesting. See, the divine blessing rests upon the liberal. And while every person should make a proper provision for his family, everyone should give liberally, confiding in God that he will furnish the supplies for our future wants. The commentary said, let this maximum be borne in mind that no one is usually made the poor by being liberal. See, our generosity speaks when we display the characteristics of God as best as we are able. Not only do people need deliverance, but they need a sign that deliverance is attainable. And we are the representatives to show that that is available. I wanted to share another story with you. Because I believe that there are times that God speaks to us and we are intimidated to act because we don't know if we will be able to take care of ourselves. I want to show you a video. I had an accident and my hip was broken in so many pieces. I have two rods in my hip. She's an angel among us. If you watch her in the bread company, everyone comes in to see Catherine. You know, we sell the bread, but I feel like there are some people who specifically come with prayer requests and uh, I go pray for them. One day when we were sharing, she said she was in need of a different car, that her car was needing expensive repairs. I had been saving money, but uh, I knew it wasn't enough, so I knew I would take a few years to save for it. So a couple months later, I went in and I said, Catherine, how's your car fund coming? And she said, I gave it all away. And I looked at her and 
And she said, there was a widow in need, and I gave her the $5,000. I struggled a lot when I gave that money. And uh, I said, I feel okay, but uh, do you think I did the right thing? I mean, I cannot give what I don't have, so I just give what I had. I was shocked, and so I come home and I tell Pete that we needed to help Catherine with her car fund. He looked at me and he said, no, I think we need to buy Catherine a car. And I said, okay, great. Pete called Scott and said, do you know Catherine Gray Harvest? And he said, yes, he did. Pete said, well, we'd like to buy her a car. He asked Pete, do you want it used your new car? And it just hit him right in the face. Why would he ask me that? Of course I would want a used car. That's good enough. He just paused for a moment and he said, I want a new car. And he said it was silent on the phone for a few seconds. And Scott said, whoa, I want to help. And so he pitched in some. So she came to the bakery and uh, she asked me, if you were to buy a car, what kind of a car would you like? I said, Debbie, I'm not really planning to buy a car. But she said, oh, just tell me. And she said, I'd like a SUV cruise control. And she said, I'd like a light color. And we called Scott and he said, I think I've got the perfect car. So Pete said, can we deliver it tomorrow? So we have the bread company owner and his family, Scott and his family and our family. And Catherine sees us all coming in and she's just all excited to see everyone. And uh, I went to give them hugs and I said, what's Pete doing here? I did have the, the biggest idea. When I went out, And so we walked her over to the car. We said, Catherine, this is your new car. So, oh, I said, for me, this is for me. I said, oh, I, I knew God had many cars, but I didn't know he had a new one for me. So, God had new cars <laughs> for me. We all stood there in tears as we saw the joy on Catherine's face. And we got to be a part of it. And the joy of that was unbelievable. It felt so right, but it was such an excitement to drive it. We told Catherine that we would like this to be confidential. But I kept running into people who would say, I heard what you did for Catherine. It wasn't even us, it was Catherine. It all started with Catherine giving of what she had to a widow to help her, and it just continues on. Generosity begets generosity. We don't give in order to receive. 
We give because it's the nature of Jesus Christ. He gave us his life. So we, we have the, the DNA of Jesus Christ of giving. <laughs> yeah, so this is one story I will never forget in my life. stand with me. Sometimes we're challenged to do big things. Our generosity speaks about our God. Amen. 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 Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for thinking about us tenderly. I know that in this room that there may be some that is looking for their path to deliverance. as well as others outside of this room who we will be a part of in sharing the path to deliverance. I pray, God, that you would embolden us to listen to your voice and to obey as it's a part of your great big plan. 
Lord Jesus, we want to excel in the gracious act of giving, Lord. We want to excel in allowing our generosity speaking about you, our God. I pray that you speak to every heart here today, those that are listening online. Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us and help us, Lord God. Guide us. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.